My name is Judy. I am a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. Hi. Would you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. So even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. And if there is any press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. Okay, now, we're going to pass around an ask-it basket, and I don't know if everyone knows what that is, but if you have questions you'd like to ask when I'm done sharing, go ahead and write them down, and we'll have a short question and answer period after I share, and then we'll be open for um, individual shares. And I remind you that this is being recorded, so if you do come up to speak, please sign the release form. Okay. I will share for 20 minutes, and then there will be five minutes of Ask It Basket questions finished up with, finishing up with open sharing. The topic for this session is hope, having other possibilities evident. So let's begin with the reading from For Today, page 61. Our timer is going to come up and read that for us. Hi, I'm Mernush, and I'm a compulsive overreader. All things are possible until they are proved impossible. And even the impossible may only be so as of now. Pearl S. Buck. Okay. My name is Judy. I am a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. And it looks like I don't know that I know anyone in this room at the moment. So I'm going to give you some background on me. Um, I live in Sacramento now. I started in Overeaters Anonymous in San Francisco. Yay. In President's Day weekend of 1981. So I've been in Overeaters Anonymous quite a while. <laughs> what is that, 35 years? Something like that. Anyway, so I was 30 years old, so holy moly, how did that happen? Anyway, um, I have been a compulsive overeater from the day I was born, I think. I'm, I'm a garden variety compulsive overeater. I, um, I always wanted the most for my calories, I'm a volume eater. Um, I was never a gourmet eater. Not everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, not everybody has my story. Not everybody has my experience. Um, so I can only speak for my, my, from my own experience. Anyway, um, I remember very early on being, I don't know if the word was obsessed at that point, but food was very important to me. I have a recollection of being about five or six years old, 
I couldn't have been older than that because we were traveling from Phoenix, Arizona, back to Chicago, where we lived at the time. We had been visiting my grandparents, and it was springtime. It must have been around Easter. And my mom gave my brother and me each um, a chocolate Easter bunny. I'm not going to mention a lot of foods, but I'm going to mention this one because it's specific to the occasion. And I remember I was so excited to get that because she didn't do that very often, give us, give us candy. So I took a bite out of it, and it had coconut in it. And coconut is like one of the only things on the planet that I cannot stand. <laughs> I still remember the feeling of disappointment, and that's like 60 years ago. I mean, how pathetic is that? <laughs> but it just goes to show me, you know, I was a compulsive overeater. Um, I, I always, I grew up thinking I was fat. I always thought I was fat. I look at pictures of me in high school. You know, I was probably a size, maybe a 14, 12 to 14. I wasn't obese, but um, from the time I was about 13 on, my mom was taking me to diet doctors. And, I mean, I remember this one place you go, they it was, like, called Slenderella. Anybody old enough to remember Slenderella? And they'd, like, try to jiggle the weight off of you or something. It was very, you know, machines. And then doctors with shots and, and all that. And I, I tried everything. And um, I might lose a little bit of weight for a while, but I, I always gained it back. But, I, again, I wasn't obese. And I went to college and um, immediately gained the freshman 15 and at the end of my first year of college, um, went to Weight Watchers and was, was fairly successful in that. Uh, excuse me. That was back when it was a very structured program and there were a lot of things you didn't eat. So that worked really well for me. Um, I think I would have a really hard time with it now. Anyway, um, so I lost weight. Um, I got a boyfriend, my first boyfriend. He was all the right stuff, you know. He was, he was Jewish. He was going to be a lawyer. So, and he, he wanted to marry me, so I married him, you know. Um, I always had very, very, very low self-esteem, and that's something I've, I've dealt with my whole life. Um, and they talk about the alcoholic feeling as if um, he's the, um, uh, uh, the egomaniac with the inferiority complex, and I had a lot of that going on. Um, I either judged or I compared. If I compared, it was so I could come up short, less than. And if I was judging, it was so I could feel superior too. And I, it wasn't until I was in Overeaters Anonymous quite a while where I, I really began to get that concept of being one among many. And um, I really love that about this program. You know, we're all in here for the same reason. And no matter what the, the specifics of our situation, we're all in here because we have a major issue with food. And, you know, we're compulsive overeaters or compulsive undereaters or whatever, but obsessed with food. Anyway, so this session talks about hope, having other possibilities evident. And what that makes me think of is... Um, I have a tendency to, to think that um, I look ahead. You know, I look at the, for results. And um, 
I'm in the process right now of uh, writing a resource book for teachers. And um, I have spent an enormous amount of time worrying about how I'm going to get it published. You know, is the book written yet? Is it finished? No. I'm still in process. But I spent a lot of time, you know, worrying about that until I was gently reminded, um, and I need to be repeatedly reminded, that I do the footwork and leave the results up to my higher power. So it's made it a lot easier for me, and interestingly enough, I've been more productive on the, on the book since um, I let go of trying to figure out how is it going to happen and what do I have to do to make it happen. Um, I spent a lot of time with that. Okay, now I feel like I'm done, <laughs> and I'm supposed to share 20 minutes. Okay. Um, how long did I share? How long have I shared? Oh. <laughs> well, we may go off script here. I don't know. Um, okay, let me go back to... All right, I'll, I'll go through some of my, my experience in Overeaters Anonymous and maybe some, some other... Come on, higher power. <laughs> you got to come through on this one. Anyway, um, I came in OA. I was 30 years old. Um, it was 1981, February of 1981. And there were pretty specific kinds of guidelines. I mean, there was a Dignity of Choice pamphlet out, um, and it had six different programs in it, six different possibilities. And, you know, I. I had gone to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting about six, eight months earlier than that, and it wasn't even in a church. It was in a school, and I left after the newcomers part because I thought it was a crazy Christian cult group. You know, they said a prayer. Um, I, they said, you know, give us your first name so we can get to know you, and I said my name, and they went, hi, Judy, and I felt like, you know, it was the invasion of the body snatchers or something, and I, so I thought... You know, this is not for me, and I went to Nutrisystems, you know, and white-knuckled down about 30 pounds. And I knew that the problem at that point was that I was living in New Jersey, and I needed to get back out west. And if I would get back out west, then everything would be fine. I did major geographics in my life. I, I mean, my family moved from, from Chicago to New York to Phoenix by the time I was 12, and um, as soon as I got out of college and divorced the, the lawyer, I, um, <clears throat> I started teaching overseas. <clears throat> so I went to Germany. I did major geographics. And then after four years there, I went to New Jersey, worked for a publishing company. And after two years there, I knew that I needed to get back out west. I got a great job in San Francisco. I was so lucky. And uh, I came out to San Francisco, and within... I think it was four months I had gained back the 30 pounds I lost on Nutrisystems. I could not get farther west. So uh, I did not know what, what to do. And um, a cousin of mine who lived in San Francisco was coming over for dinner. And I thought he had lost a whole lot of weight. I thought it was in Weight Watchers. He said, no, I went to Overeaters Anonymous. Well, that made it okay for me to go, to go back. He said, look. Go to the meeting. They had a big meeting. They had one meeting a day then, and they had a big meeting. The biggest meeting of the week was Monday nights at Old First Church. 
Sacramento and Van Ness. I still remember that. Um, and he said, go to the meeting, get a sponsor, get a food plan, call me when you get home. Don't worry about the Lord's Prayer. It's an old Jewish prayer. They just borrowed it. So, which I have no idea if that is true or not, but it gave me permission. And I went and I did exactly what he said. None of this, you know, I got to find a sponsor who has what I want. I just took the first person who raised their hand because I was, I was so desperate. I mean, I was ready to jump off the silly bridge. The bridge isn't silly. I was silly. But I, I was so unhappy and so driven by food at that point. And, and I had a great job. I had friends. I had a wife. But I had this, this obsession with food and this obsession with self. Oh, my God. You know, I, it was all about, about me and what I looked like. And my value as a human being was determined by the size of my thighs, for crying out loud. You know, it was no way to live. So I went to the meeting, got a food sponsor, and she said, well, what kinds of things do you binge on? And I told her, I am particularly sensitive to carbohydrates, to starches. That's me. So um, she said, well, it sounds like you have, I told her what I ate. I always wanted to get the most calories for what I was eating. So, you know, I would eat puffed rice and, you know, things that I could eat a lot of um, that weren't real caloric. Those calories added up after a while. You eat enough puffed rice, and it's a lot of calories. Anyway, so um, I, I did what I was told because I was, I was desperate. Desperate works really well in this program. Um, whenever I'm, I have a sponsor who says, when, I, when I'm changed, it's because I'm backed up against the wall, and the wall is on fire. And that's kind of how I was at that point. And, um, and it worked. I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And my insides did not match my outsides. You know, I mean, I felt great about how I looked, but I would walk by a window and I'd look in and see my reflection in it. I was like, who is that? And when I would meet people that, I, that didn't know me, I would want to say, hi, I'm Judy, but what you see is not really me. So it took me a long time to catch up with that. And you know, even after 35 years um, and not eating a lot of foods since then, I haven't had a bowl of puffed rice in 35 years, you know, um, there's a lot of things that I don't eat. I'm one of those people that does much better with a very structured food plan. I'm, I'm very all or nothing. And if I can have, I never would go out and binge on baked potato, but if I can eat baked potato, I can eat French fries. You know, and, and, and I will. I will. At some point, that's where I will go. So I figured I've had enough of those foods to last 12 lifetimes. And for me, it's a great freedom not to, not to eat them. And if there's anybody who's struggling with particular foods in their life, I'm, I'm here to tell you that it does get easier. It does get easier. Now, I am not cured. I am still, I'm a very compulsive overeater. And you put the foods that I eat, that are my foods, in, you know, out there, and, and I'm focused on them, you know. That, that has not gone away for me. Um, but the compulsion to eat the foods to which I am most seriously addicted has been lifted. And, um, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So um, 
Maybe that goes with hope, having other possibilities evident, because I never believed that could happen. I never in my life believed that could happen. And I'm telling you, if it could happen for me, it could happen for anyone. Um, I've had my ups and downs in the program in terms of life, <laughs> life on life's terms. Um, I'm really glad I'm not a fortune teller or that I didn't know one because if somebody had told me 35 years ago that I'd be 66 years old, I'd be single, I'd have worked all these years. I'm, I'm, I just retired several years back, so, so I'm very fortunate um, that I, I don't have to work now. But this is not the life I would have said I wanted. Um, I'm not one of those people who says life is beyond my wildest dreams. But in a sense, it is because I'm, I'm pretty free today. And maybe I don't have the partner and I, I never had kids. That's a, that's a big disappointment to me. But I had a lot of students over an awful lot of years. So, um, so you know, I st and I have a nephew who is the light of my life. So I also have the freedom to do many, many things and spend my money the way I want to. You know, so, so there are trade-offs, and I've really learned that in life. I spent the last three years um, taking care of my father. Sorry. <laughs> um, he died some months back, and we were very, very close. We were really good buds, and so I didn't mind at all taking care of him. I hated being in Phoenix, Arizona. It's so hot there. Oh, my God. Um, it's just beastly. It's obscene. <laughs> And at least it was for me. They have great program there, though. Um, so I was very, very fortunate in, to be able to participate in Overeaters Anonymous, um, which I couldn't have made it through those three years without doing. You know? Um, how are we doing? Four more minutes. We're getting there. <laughs> um, well, I might cheat a little bit and... Um, cut it a little short, and we'll have a few extra minutes for sharing. I will say a couple more things that have helped me over the years. Um, one thing that um, I've had a lot of people, sponsees, say to me, you know, they, they, they're worried because they have food dreams. And this just came up relatively recently. And, you know, and they feel really anxious. They shouldn't be having food dreams. I think it's perfectly normal to have food dreams. And I had a sponsor who said to me years ago, food dreams are freebies because you get to have all those horrible feelings that you did it and then you realize you didn't. So, um, so if that's of any help to anybody, <laughs> you know, good, I'm glad. Um, what else? Some days are harder than others. And some days I had somebody remind me that um, the best I can do is to do as little damage to myself as possible because there are going to be those days, those, those effort days. And, um, and, and that's a good thing for me to remind, remind myself, you know. Just do as little damage to yourself as possible. If it means you need to spend a lot of time in bed today, okay, so be it. At least you're not binging, you know. And um, I consider that, I consider that a, a true gift from my higher power. Um, the only thing that makes this program different from everything else that's out there 
And what makes it the solution, as far as I'm concerned, is the steps. The steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that are adopted now adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. I, I can't speak strongly enough to that point. Um, I, I believe, you know, people can go to meetings, they can have sponsors, they can work all the tools. But if they don't work the steps, then um, I think it's only a matter of time. Just my opinion. But there's a lot of people that I've seen in this program that have had success over the years, and every single one of them has worked the steps and kind of worked it to the point where um, they've been back to the wall and the wall's on fire. So um, I'm sure that I'll think of any number of things afterwards to share with you, but this is what came, so thank you, God, and I think I'm going to close with that. And what we will do is, is there anything in the ask it basket? Do we have? Oh, well, if it went around and there are no questions, then. Is there anybody that would like to ask a question? Okay. You mean get away from food? Oh, well, I don't know that I can speak to that um, because all I have is my experience with Overeaters Anonymous and my relationship to food. So I'll have to let that one go. It sounds like you would like to do a share more than a so so why don't you hold on and we'll give you an opportunity to share okay so um so much for the ask it basket oh it's going around okay well what we'll do is we'll have an open sharing and if i need to i'll interrupt um as politely as i can and then take take the microphone back for the ask it basket so um I'm going to go ahead and open it up for sharing. And if you would like to share, please come up to the podium. And there is a, a release form that needs to be signed. And please hold the microphone. It doesn't sound like it's on, but it is, and it's recording. So um, your words will be here for posterity. Yeah, come on down. And you have three-minute three minute shares. Agnes, a compulsive uh, overeater in recovery. Hi. I don't know that I have anything to share. I have more on the lines of a question. Um, I I do work the steps. I do have some kind of abstinence. And yes, God has removed the compulsion for the heavy-duty trigger foods that I identified earlier on. But it seems like no sooner do I find an acceptable food than that too becomes a trigger because I can't get enough of it, even if it's a fruit. And so I still struggle with that, you know. Thank you. I'm 
suggestions. Thanks, Agnes. Um, what, was that a question or just, I think it's more of a share. Okay, well, maybe we can talk afterwards, okay? Okay, next person who wants to come up. I don't know because I have I haven't seen. Why don't you share? Please don't forget to sign. Okay, um, my name is Susan, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Susan. Hi, um, I have been in OA probably since 2011, uh, February, um, um, and. Uh, I um it is a journey. It is a journey walking this life and uh trying to be healthy. Um I'm doing okay now. Um I'm <laughs> I uh I go up and down, I guess, and right now I'm at my lowest. Um and my up ups and downs are like uh, 10 to 12 pounds lately, um, but I am planning another uh, goal weight to go lower. Um, oh, like for instance, I I think that um, not every food is good or bad, but to limit my portions. Um, like before I came here a couple days, I thought... I am going to eat some macaroni in my salad because if I don't, I think I'm going to have a bad binge. So I try to uh, manage what I eat by not going overboard any one way is all um, to to offset something else that might not be comfortable. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Susan. Can you read that? Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Okay, we're going to change format again because there are some questions in the Ask It Basket. And um, thank you, whoever wrote this, because I realized when I, when I qualified, I didn't give my specifics. Um, my highest weight was somewhere over 200. Uh, I don't know because I quit weighing at about 204. And um, I've lost, I'm not at my lowest weight now, I will say that, you know surgery and not exercising makes a big difference. So, um, but I, I lost about 60 pounds. So, and I've now I'm about 10 pounds higher than I would like to be. So that may, that's about 50. And so my abstinent date is, I consider my abstinent date, um, August 18th, 1984. And although I had been relieved of the compulsion to eat many, many foods, um, I'm telling you, you can overeat a lot of things that aren't uh, your trigger foods. And um, I was traveling through Europe, and I was at the point where I was, I was having to get off those cool red double-decker buses because I had to buy something to eat. And so to me, that was not abstinent. And um, my higher power uh, is not subtle. Mine isn't, you know, you know, London, they have one or two theaters in London, like what, one or two hundred theaters in London. I went to a play uh, with my aunt and in the intermission ran into a person from San Francisco 
that I that I knew from my first OA meeting who was on a very stringent food plan, and she became my sponsor that night. So, um, and that's when I, I consider my abstinence from then. And I cut my trip short. I cut my trip in Europe three months short. I left half my belongings in southern Italy, and I came home because my, I was willing to go to any lengths. Again, desperate. So that's what I consider my abstinence state. And, okay, how do you get relieved of animal protein while now becoming a vegan? I have to tell you, I cannot address that because that's not my experience. So um, I would ask around, whoever asked this question, I would ask around because I'm sure there are people here that are vegans. Um, Are there any vegans in here? Okay, so talk to... Talk to them afterwards. Would that be okay? Thank you. Let's see. This is a ripped up one. So what is a healthy goal weight? I think that is something that only you and possibly your nutritionist or medical provider um, can determine. Um, you know, I used to go by those, I used to think I had to weigh 125 pounds because that's what those insurance charts said a person who was five foot five should weigh. If I weighed 125 pounds, I would look gaunt. I would look emaciated, you know. I look fairly fabulous at about 140. So 140 to 145, I can't believe I said that, but... Okay, I'm working on self-esteem here, you know? <laughs> so I, I do think that's something that, that um, you determine with, you know, talking to your sponsor and, and probably some healthcare professionals. I think I got them all. So we will, yes, because everything else is ripped up. Okay, great. So we're open for sharing again. Oh, don't be shy. Oh, yes, you did. We have lots of time, and I'm cool to just stand here holding the microphone. So. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to come up and speak into the microphone because, you know, everybody, you never know who could be helped by what you say. And I believe that, um, you know, I periodically have somebody come up who says, you know, I want to thank you. You said something, and it was like, I remember that from 15 years ago. Or I remember something somebody said from a long, long time ago that really made a difference to me. So I would just really encourage you to come up. Don't be, don't be um, nervous because of the microphone. It doesn't even feel like it's on, actually, because it's not reverberating or anything. So, 
Come on, come on down. I'm Nancy, compulsive eater. Um, I would like for everybody to think twice about whether they have both feet into the program or whether they have one foot in and one foot out like I have had for the last nine years. I have not given up, but some days are good and some days are bad. It just depends on how well I'm working my program. So I encourage you to do a little better job than I've done. Thanks. Come on. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, my God. <laughs> and for my next trick. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> my name is Audrey, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much, and thank you for everyone who is, um, especially the, the committee that helped put this on. Um, I know that the OA, I heard for many years, you know, OA works if you work it. And I've heard it so many times. And um, I know what it's like to be in this program and be hopeless. And that's not because this program doesn't work. It's because I truly wasn't working it. Um, and everyone's path is different. I'm inspired by someone when I hear someone that starts program and they... Uh, you know, get absent fairly soon and and do what they're supposed to do. My, pa my path is very, very different. I joined OA in 1986, and my path was, and this, like I say, this was self-will run, self run riot. This is not OA. It was me. I had on and off abstinence, on and off weight gain, and... Um, I didn't go to meetings continuously, you know, but I, I was a member of OA for a long time. Keep coming back and then leave, come back and leave. And I didn't, I didn't think it was happen. I did not think it was going to happen for me. I thought I was going to be one of those people that would have to be satisfied with, um, you know, a month here, five months here. I, I got 11 months one time, um, two weeks. I never got obese because I would get abstinent, and I, in between abstinence didn't last that long, so I never got a chance to get really large. And, um, but in November, November 28th, 2005, um, the idea popped into my head why don't I work away like everybody else does, or at least like people in recovery do? And that's my abstinence date, November 28, 2005. So if, if a slipper like me, who thought she was going to die with food in her mouth, you know, you know passing out, because I would eat and pass out, uh, that now has over 10 years. I mean, if that's not God and the steps and working away the way it's in the book, um, it is possible. 
so much. I'm Anna. I'm a compulsive overeater. It's really good to be here. Thank you, Judy. I sure do love you. You know, the topic was hope. I just love that topic because that's part of step two. I mean, that's step two. That's probably my favorite step because when I came in these programs, I had over 200 pounds to lose. And um, I really like what I heard today. I... um, I still struggle. I've gained about 70 of it back. And um, identified with that last speaker because um, I've been slipping and sliding for several years here. And it just started over some roasted vegetables that my niece made. And I thought, well, I should be able to have those. You know, there's no calories in them. And I went home and yeah, I had them, but I had the whole pan. You know, I, I thought, well, I should be able to do six ounces. Well, I couldn't. And then all of a sudden I decided my food was boring. And I've struggled with it since, um, I think she was pregnant with my niece now, and I think she's like five <laughs> or maybe six years, you know. Um, but I believe in this program. I believe in the 12 steps. And, you know, i renewing my commitment to it you know I started exercising in January and um I've exercised three to five times a week um since the beginning of the year I've cut out certain things in my food um my quantity is still suffering but um I've stayed at the same weight with the exercising you know and it's just one day at a time and going back to what I knew worked before um I pray for the willingness and I trust my God because I know if I will surrender, you know, step three, if I, I can, he can. I mean, I can't, he can, so I'll let him. And he's just waiting for me to let him. And I have not let him yet. Anyway, thank you. I'm Barbara, compulsive overeater, and I pretty much don't know what I'm going to say. I am a chronic relapser. I struggle. I believe in this program. I I think it's the only one for me because I think there's got to be a power outside of myself because I can't do it. I come I come back again and again because I do find hope in these rooms. And um, I noticed a little funny thing. I noticed a lot of hope at the boutique because many of the clothes I happened to look at were very large sizes, 3X, 4X. And that gave, I said to myself, somebody gave these up because they got smaller. And that gave me hope. And um, so I'm trying to let go right now because I uh, I have a life-threatening allergy to dogs. And there's one coming into the rooms, but it's not in this room. And so for now, I'm fine. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. 
Is there anybody else besides me who thinks that you should get credit for what you don't eat? You know, I mean, I think that the fact that I haven't eaten thus and so in so many years means I should automatically, you know, be allowed to eat certain foods with impunity. It doesn't work that way. I do appreciate what people said about hope because that's what I found in, in Overeaters Anonymous was hope. Hi, I'm Mernusha. I'm food addict and compulsive overeater. Um, I started program 4th of July 2007. I lost 70 pounds, and the first day of my abstinence was my last uh, first day after my last relapse was April 25, 2008. And I, that was really interesting to have hope. Because uh, before the program, my mom was always uh, overweight, having problem with weight, and tried to lose the weight, and he she couldn't. So uh, myself, when I started uh, to gain the weight, uh, people said, "Oh, you got the gene from your mom." And my sister was always the thin one, got the gene from my dad. And uh, I was accepting that because I got so frustrated, tried different diet clubs, diets, and, uh, you know, the diet books, none of them worked for me. And I said, okay, just accept yourself as a fat woman and just like your mom. And uh, when I came to the program and uh I was very hopeful. I uh, went to OA 90 Day, which is the structured uh, part of OA, and my sponsor gave me the food plan. And that helped me so much to stay with my food plan. I started to lose the weight. And over there when I went, I noticed uh, 99% of them, they were thin. And uh, I said, They don't need to lose the weight and uh, why they are here. And actually, yeah, they they lost the weight from 100-something to 50 to 70 pounds. And I said, huh, maybe there are some hope, but let me try it. Let me try that. And uh, I tried it. I started losing weight. And the amazing part was... uh, it's very easy to lose weight, but keeping it off, it's the biggest, uh, hardest, challenging part of the, the losing weight. And uh, that was amazing because I stayed in the program. I came for vanity. I stayed for sanity and serenity. And this program has been very helpful. And I use the hope principle in my life. You know, my dad has uh, Alzheimer's and sometimes... Uh, Um, And sometimes 
I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to lose my dad. What happens? And uh, he's going to get worse, and he doesn't remember me. And then I say, you know, uh, there are some researchers, and you never know, maybe by next month or few months or few few years, they find a a medicine for that. And because I came to this program, I learned to have hope in my life, and life is much sweeter that way. Thank you. Hi, I'm Patty. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm food obsessed, however you want to coin it or phrase it. That's me. (laughs) Um, So what gives me hope about this program is, um, like many of you, I'm sure you came in because you felt fat and you felt unhappy in your skin, um, because that's certainly how I felt. And um, I I noticed that I just kept like snacking in the afternoon at work when I'd get so stressed out, I'd just be constantly going to the snack cupboard. We had a really sweet stocked snack cupboard at work and it was bad news. And I finally put it together and a friend of mine had started coming to program. So reached out to her and we went to my, my first real meeting where I was there for me and not where she had asked me to come to support her once. And I didn't quite get it. Didn't quite make the connection. But anyway, um, this program has really kind of worked miracles in my life. As far as my self-esteem is concerned, I actually have some now. And I'm able to have healthy relationships with the, the people in my in my life, my family in particular, my crazy-ass family. <laughs> they make me crazy. And um, I'm able to love them through it. I'm able to have patience with people. I'm able to make mistakes and correct situations. I'm able to not burn bridges every time I have a meltdown, you know, and, and that, that gives me hope because it's, it's the sanity. It's, I can't exist in this world without connecting with people. And if I'm in the food and if I am not working the steps, the, I, and let me tell you, my program is far from perfect. I, I loosely have a sponsor. I loosely have a routine, you know, but, but the little that I have that I do work it, it's, it's amazing. It's a total godsend. So anyway, thank you all for being here. Thank you for sharing. And, um, I hope you have a great weekend. We have time for one more. Hi, my name is Juanita. Hi, compulsive overeater, and I'm very happy to be here today. Um, I came. I've been in program many years, and I've come in and out. And I'm kind of a slipper. I am a slipper. And um, and this last time I came back, I came back with a lot of health issues, and one of them is the type two diabetes, and that was my uh, reason for staying. And uh, because you know, to me. Um, Death is not the worst thing that can happen to a diabetic, and so and I don't want to be in that position where my family has to take care of me or, or do the kinds of things that um, a diabetic a diabetic ends up needing. But this time when I came back, um, I was feeling you know really hopeless because I was struggling, and I have been off my meds now for about nine years since two thousand nine. So um, thank you. <laughs> And that's been diet and exercise. But I went to lunch with one of my friends, 
And I was telling her how hopeless I felt and how helpless I felt about, you know, the foods because I couldn't stop eating certain foods. And she said to me, um, she see, everything I said to her, she came back with something positive and something related to the program. But one of the things she said was, if anybody thinks they can work this program by themselves, they do not understand what it's all about. And that got my attention. And she said, would you be comfortable being honest with me about your food? Because that was my thing. I lie about my food about, by, you know, by, not saying, by saying I'm going to eat something and then I eat something else and, not, you know, and just go on like I'm, I'm uh, abstinent. But, um, so that's where my program started this time, was just being honest about what I was eating. And um, so that was, that's what the beginning was, is for me, and I'm just glad I'm here today. Uh, we came down from or up from Orange County, and it's been wonderful. Thanks. Uh, Juanita, could you sign, please? Thanks. Okay. Thank you all for sharing and participating. It is now time to close this session. Please stand and join hands as we close with, I put my hand in yours. Find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Keep coming back.